Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those living with CRPS and designed to provide hope and empower you to reach your goals and your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Patterson. Join me weekly where we will be discussing CRPS, sharing personal stories, and even talking with guests. Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast. This is Dr. Tracy Patterson, and I'm your host. And I'm so glad that you're able to join me on today's episode where we will be discussing advocacy and CRPS, how to advocate for yourself or how to have someone else advocate on your behalf, all important subjects, especially when you're dealing with CRPS. So let's jump in. Advocacy and self-advocacy. Advocates are people who are gonna speak up on your behalf and support the wishes, the treatment options that are gonna help you move forward. Advocacy is about helping. But at the same time, we can be our own advocate and that pulls into self-advocacy. Important areas when we start talking about advocacy is being able to clearly state what we want or what we need in regards to our personal and or treatment options. Being able to seek and obtain basic patient rights, and we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. And to be able to represent or relay the views, the impression, or the position regarding a certain situation in order to receive appropriate input information and or treatment options. Listening and discussing different points of view with your physician, your healthcare provider, or even your care team in a non-judgmental manner, and that's a difficult one. I'll be the first to say that. And lastly, being able to gain the support and the treatment that you need as a patient to move forward. A self-advocate is necessary as a skill when we're dealing with CRPS or as a matter of fact, with any type of chronic pain or healthcare issue. Now CRPS patients continually report that they feel like they have to repeatedly remind their doctor of their pain levels and what they need and what's going on with them. And as someone that lived with CRPS for seven years, I will wholeheartedly back up those statements. Now, some patients say that they feel like they're continually having to stand up or defend themselves to a multitude of different people, not just their physicians. More and more, we're hearing about CRPS patients having to stand up to the pharmacist or pharmacy techs in a pharmacy. And unfortunately, that's happening more and more often where a CRPS patient either goes in to have a prescription filled or maybe it's been sent over electronically and all of a sudden they're being questioned about why are they getting a specific medication, the number of pills being dispensed or what exactly is your diagnosis again? My personal opinion, I believe that that is a conversation that needs to be had between a physician, the prescribing physician and their patients. And it shouldn't be a pharmacist or a pharmacy tech getting in the middle of that. But unfortunately, in this day and age, it's happening more and more. 
A lot of CRPS patients also feel like they're having to stand up for themselves in clinics, to family members who just don't understand, to friends, and even to coworkers. And that list, in all honesty, could go on and on. Now, advocating for yourself can feel lonely, and I'll be the first one to jump in on that. Advocating for ourselves, sometimes it can feel like a David and Goliath situation. And as someone that lived with CRPS again for seven years, I understand how difficult it can be to stand up for yourself, especially in a doctor's office, at a doctor's appointment, and sometimes even to a family member, a friend, or even to a school teacher. And at times it simply can feel overwhelming to the point that we just clam up and walk away. But yet in the long run, that's only hindering us, our progress, and our ability to get to an appropriate treatment that is going to help us move forward. Now, there are different principles when it comes to self-advocacy, and I think all of these are important. First and foremost, know and understand your rights as a patient. And again, we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. Learn all you can about your diagnosis and understand what you need as an individual. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And being able to relay that information to the people on your care team. Ask questions whenever you need clarification. And if you get an answer and you don't understand it or it really doesn't answer the question, Feel comfortable repeating the question or reframing the question until you do understand the answer. And remember that you are an equal partner in your treatment. So many times we go in to a physician's office, a clinic, or a hospital, and we feel like it's a dictatorship. They're telling us what we will or will not do. But the reality is, it's our body, it's our life, and we have a right to be involved in that decision-making process. Be a central part of that decision-making process. Don't be afraid to jump in there when you feel up to it. And practice how to approach or explain and or discuss specific needs that you have, whether it's with a physician, your healthcare team, a family member, a school teacher, etc. And know what resources are available and don't be afraid to use them. Also, know the key people that are going to be part of your care team. It could be a pain management doctor, it could be a rheumatologist, it could be your primary care, it could be physical or occupational therapy, it could be a caregiver, a family member, etc. And keep a copy of written communications, your diagnosis, treatments, and or tests. Now, it doesn't have to be a hard copy in this day and age. The reality is most of our medical records are now electronic. So therefore, there are patient portals that keep a copy of all of our information. The problem is, is you're gonna have one specialist for pain management, a primary care or physical therapist, and not all the records are gonna be kept in one specific place. So sometimes it's easier to keep those organized ourselves. And lastly, 
Don't be afraid to thank the people that are helping you when it's appropriate. It's not that we have to go over the top. Just the same as we want to have that acknowledgement that, hey, we're doing okay. At the same time, our caretakers, our family members sometimes need that same thing. So let's start discussing a patient bill of rights. And honestly, I'm surprised about how many patients throughout the United States, they don't even realize that this is a real thing, but it is. Federal Patient Bill of Rights. So let's start going through it in broad strokes. So first of all, as a patient, you have a right to safe, considerate, and respectful care, provided in a manner that's consistent with your beliefs. As a patient, you have a right to expect that all communication and records pertaining to your care will be treated as confidential to the extent permitted by law. You have a right to know the physician who's responsible for coordinating your care, even if you're in the hospital. You have a right to receive complete information about your diagnosis, possible treatment, and even the prognosis or what is a possible outcome in terms that are easy for you to understand. You have a right to receive information necessary for you to give informed consent prior to any treatment, procedure, or surgery. You have a right to receive routine services when hospitalized. These are all things that patients don't really understand. And it goes on. You have a right in advance to know what appointment times and physicians are available and where to go for continuity of care. You have a right to receive appropriate assessment and or treatment for your pain. You also have a right to refuse to participate in a treatment in research, to refuse treatment to the extent permitted by law, and to be informed of medical consequences of those actions. You have a right to be transferred to another facility. Let's say you're in a hospital and they're not equipped to care for you appropriately. You have a right to be transferred to another facility. You have a right to expect a medical summary from the doctor or clinic will be sent to your referring physician. And you also have a right to designate a physician an organization or an individual at any time to receive medical updates or to advocate on your behalf. These are all things that people don't know or don't understand. And you can look up further details on that by just Googling or doing a search of patient's bill of rights. So getting involved in self-advocacy, what does that mean? learning how to advocate for yourself or sticking to your convictions, listening to your instincts, that can be the most important decision that you make in all honesty. And it's not easy, but in the long run, it really will empower you and help you have better outcomes. You'll gain a greater sense of control. You'll increase your confidence. You'll feel empowered. You'll receive better treatment when you have input. And when you receive better treatment, you're gonna have better outcomes. So what are the skills of advocacy that the individual needs to have, or what does this include? First and foremost, being honest, being able to communicate with your care team, whether that's friends, family members, caregivers, clinicians, and or physicians. Tracking the impact of pain or your diagnosis on daily living, school, or work, 
and or relationships, reporting treatment successes, failures, and even challenges to your care team, and being open to adopting a new treatment technique or maybe even lifestyle changes if other ones aren't working. Now, also being able to speak out on issues that concern you or that affect or impact your pain. So being able to speak out or speak up in informal settings, it could be in home, it could be at school, in a community event with a friend, a family member, being able to speak out in your community if it's appropriate, and being able to get involved in different activities that are gonna engage you in making a positive change. And that can be in laws and policies, different access at schools or at work, any of these things. Now, self-advocacy tips, especially for CRPS patients. Whenever we're dealing with chronic pain, The reality is the rare diseases, we're always told they're complex. There's so many things that we just don't know. And the reality is CRPS can stump doctors and patients alike. And this is a growing problem that more and more CRPS patients are dealing with. But it affects every person in a different way. So it's important to make sure that you're communicating with your physicians, your medical staff, even your friends, your family, your coworkers, your teachers, about how your pain and your symptoms are affecting you personally. And there are some tips to help you tell others about how your chronic pain is affecting you, your symptoms, your diagnosis, in a way that's gonna really help you take those steps. So self-advocacy is your own way of being able to be your representative to medical staff, to be able to relay what you're going through and how is your diagnosis directly affecting you. Being open to a conversation with your physician about your diagnosis, your symptoms, instead of being directed by them, being a part of that conversation. And believe it or not, not every doctor, but most doctors appreciate the fact that you're self-advocating. It helps them understand the treatments that are right for you, what's working and what's not working, and it helps them guide and direct you. Now, at the same time, you're always gonna run into that physician, and I think we always have, or everybody's had that physician that doesn't want to listen to us. Now, advocacy doesn't mean going alone. It means that you can have someone else in your corner. So if you don't feel confident about speaking up or you don't feel that you're being heard, your physician appointments, then put someone else in place that's going to help be your advocate. A person that can help advocate on your behalf, who can speak on your behalf to medical staff, physicians, clinicians, and other people, and help educate them about your personal experience with CRPS. And an advocate does not have to be a trained professional. It can be any individual that you're comfortable with who's willing to speak on your behalf. Now, the need to be able to relay that information in a clear and concise way, how it's affecting you, the results, and knowing what your expectations are are really going to help them be able to do that. 
So what are some tips for effective pain advocacy? Let's start talking about that. Being honest about your pain, first and foremost. It's often tempting to go into a doctor's visit and downplay our pain because we don't want to feel like we're the complainer or we're the one who's always griping or that our pain may not be considered bad compared to other people. I want you to hear and I want you to know that your pain is validated It is valid, it is real, and it is okay to relay that information to your healthcare team so they can help you move forward. And if you don't tell your doctors or your advocate about how CRPS is really affecting you, then your treatment options are limited. So the more that you can relay information in a positive way, that's gonna come across succinctly, the easier it is for you to get the treatments or to find the people that are gonna help you in your journey. Now, one thing that a lot of chronic pain and CRPS patients do is keep a journal. Keeping a daily journal over the course of a month to track how you feel, what is the intensity or duration of a pain, what are triggers that intensify discomfort, And then take your journal to your medical appointments. And it's a good representation or snapshot of how it's affecting you as an individual. You may also want to document how you feel emotionally, mentally, and physically. Because CRPS is not just a physical symptom. And anybody that's living with this will absolutely agree with this. CRPS affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and that list goes on and on. So the more that we're able to relay that information, the easier it is for us to get the help that we need. Now, being able to educate ourselves about research and treatment options is going to be key in moving forward. And it's easy to talk to your doctors about trying different things, but what happens when they push back? It's important to go into an appointment knowing that, hey, I looked up this treatment. Is this something we can do? What is your input on this? What are your thoughts on it? It's a good place to start by using resources that may be available on the internet through other pain patients doing your own homework and trying to find out from other CRPS patients what's working and what's not working. Listen to your instincts first and foremost. Do your homework on treatment options. Reach out to advocacy organizations or nonprofits, talking to other CRPS patients, looking at alternative, complementary, integrative, and or holistic options when traditional treatments aren't working and have a clear idea of what are your goals. Now, I say that and most of you are rolling your eyes right now of, well, hello, I don't wanna have CRPS. I don't wanna have the pain. I want my life back. Well, the first goal that we all know is that we don't wanna deal with the symptoms of CRPS. But you need to also have other goals so that you can have effective and efficient goals to help you reach that final destination. We need to know where we're going and it's not always a straight line. So we need to be able to clarify our goals clear, 
being able to relay that information to our doctors about what are our true goals? What are the steps that we think we need to take to be able to make progress? And you may want to, for example, go back to school. That may be a, a goal. You may want to be able to go back to work. You may be able to just want to take a walk to get out of bed and do laundry, to spend time with friends and family. The little things are important things when it comes to CRPS. And whatever that goal might be, it's important to be focused on meeting that goal and also communicating that to your physician so they can help you move in that direction. And every CRPS patient that's out there wants to be pain-free and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. But at the same time, set up goals that are small steps, they're realistic, they're believable, they're practical, they're tangible. Those are the things that are going to help you move forward in a positive direction. Now, part of that is also setting up short-term, realistic, and positive goals that are going to help you take strides in the right direction. And keep in mind, small steps can lead to big rewards. Be descriptive. Let your doctor know exactly what's standing in the way of you reaching your goals. And remember, the most important part of any appointment is what you're communicating to your doctor. Test results, MRI reports are important, but how they impact you is even more important. When you walk, when you move, where exactly does it hurt? Is it a sharp pain, a dull pain? Is it a burning sensation? Being able to relay this information to your physician is only gonna help you. The more descriptive of a picture, the better equipped your physician is to understand what you're going through and being able to help you move forward. Now, don't be afraid to take notes. Writing out your questions ahead of time. What are your concerns? What are your questions? Put them in a bullet point. Put them on your phone or literally write them down on a piece of paper and take them with you to that doctor's appointment. And keep in mind, sometimes the medical appointments can feel overwhelming. As a matter of fact, most of the time with CRPS, our appointments are overwhelming and it's hard to remember some of those key details. So take notes or bring somebody with you that's an extra set of eyes and ears that can take notes on your behalf. And talk about how you function. It's not just about medications, it's also about how does CRPS affect your function. Regardless of the specific diagnosis, there's always a good chance, as a matter of fact, it's not a good chance, it's 100% that it affects how you function on a daily basis, especially with CRPS. And that can include anything from walking, driving, doing chores at home, going to school, going to work, playing with your friends, outside activities, just getting out of bed or taking a shower. These are all directly impacted and it correlates to your quality of life, your sense of independence, and even your general happiness. So shift the focus of your medical visits away from just a diagnosis to how you're functioning and how CRPS is affecting your life so you can come up with a viable treatment plan with your physician. And at the same time, don't be afraid to acknowledge progress. 
Resist the temptation to unload only the negatives or the complaints on your physicians or your care team. Be able to let these individuals know what's working and what's not working. Talk about the little steps that you've taken and how that's helping you improve your overall sense of well-being, your life, your health. And discussing and acknowledging the progress can really help your physician piece together what's working for you as an individual. So many times it's easy to go in and have that doctor's visit overwhelmed with all of the crappy stuff, the stuff that's not working. But yet it's these little steps forward that we also need to spend time with so that our care team knows exactly what's working and what's not working. And understanding our diagnosis helps us take the steps forward to manage it even at home. Now doctors are often gonna recommend self-care such as rest, ice, heat, for CRPS and probably not ice, but heat, before offering other treatments, especially in this day and age. So learning about the things that are gonna help you help your diagnosis to be able to move forward. And above all else, educate yourself, taking care of yourself and being able to speak up for yourself and your diagnosis. When you're not clear about a technique, a treatment or anything of that nature, being able to communicate that to be able to help your doctors help you. Never be afraid to speak up and remember, knowledge is power. Now, especially when you're investigating possible treatment options, when you're doing your homework or looking at all the options, let's say you've gone into your pain management doctor and you've already done months of physical therapy, you've already done the gabapentin, the Lyrica, the Neurontin, it's not working for you. And all of a sudden you've done a couple of blocks and that didn't help a whole lot either. So maybe you're down to them discussing a spinal cord stimulator, a pain pump, or nerve ambulation, or any number of different things. If you don't feel comfortable with those, then I'm only going to encourage you to step outside of the box. Listen to your gut. Listen to your instincts. Over the last few years, as being a former CRPS patient, talking to patients from all over the world, and treating hundreds and hundreds of CRPS patients, I know what it's like to have that frustration. I hear it every day when I'm talking to potential patients and patients that I'm treating about other programs, other techniques, other treatment options that either haven't worked or they're overwhelming. And there are even several programs out there that are months and months of commitment tens of thousands of dollars, and they're portraying themselves as the only treatment option for CRPS. And I'm going to give them credit because the reality is, yes, they do have some good outcomes. But what about the people that have spent tens of thousands of dollars, have been there for months at a time, and yet they're not getting better, they're getting worse? What I want you to know that there are treatment options out there. There are places and programs that they have understand what you're going through. And it's important to listen to your instincts, listen to your gut. I don't care what the treatment option is. I don't care if it's traditional allopathic treatment, if it's integrative, if it's alternative, if it's holistic. If you're talking to someone 
and your gut says, that's not for you, listen. As someone that lived with CRPS for seven years, I get it. And I did a lot of things looking back that I would never do again. And I know what it's like to feel like life is just slipping away. You're desperate. You feel like your back's against the wall. But I'm going to encourage you to listen to your gut. Listen to your instincts and know that there are treatment options out there. And there are people that understand what you're going through. So remember, power is knowledge and there is hope and there is help that's out there. Last year, I wrote a book about my own journey with CRPS called Stepping Outside the Box, A Journey from Invisible Pain to Invincible Living. If you feel like you're not being heard or you're losing hope, I'm going to encourage you to find the book, to read it. It's not a technical book on CRPS, but it's about my personal journey with CRPS and being able to gain long-term remission. November of 2021 is actually my eight-year anniversary of being pain-free and long-term remission. So I can say I've walked a mile in your shoes. I can say that I do understand. If you're looking for treatment options and you feel like the other things you've been presented with just aren't right for you, I'm going to encourage you to check out our website at www.holisticcentertreatment.com or give us a call at 844-994-0999. I want to wish you the best in your day. I thank you for joining us today on the Healing Hub Podcast.